Welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar. If you're eager to gain clarity, speak with unwavering confidence, and liberate those inner voices, you're in the perfect spot. My mission here is to empower you to break free, find fulfillment, and ignite your passion. You ready? It's time to say it out loud. I've put together a guide of my top 10 tested and proven to work practical strategies and habits to help bright women like you say no, set your boundaries right, live confidently, and build healthy relationships, starting with the relationship you have with yourself. This is a self-paced guide, and I can't wait for you to dig into it so you can start becoming your most confident self because she's in there waiting for you. Head to the link in my show notes or go to vasavikumar.com forward slash guide and grab it today. that there is this narrative in our society that your baseline should be happy. And I just don't think that's true. I think it's really important to understand that, yeah, some of us have different baselines of we may skew more anxious, we may skew more depressed, we may skew, you know, whatever way, but there's not, you're human. You're meant to feel different emotions throughout your life. And there isn't something wrong with you. And it doesn't mean you even need to like change your career or change jobs or get out of relationship or move or do anything if you're not always happy. And I think if we can take that pressure off of ourselves, ironically, I think we would be a lot better off. Hello and welcome to the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar, former therapist, now turned on-camera confidence and content creation coach, and a first-generation Indian immigrant woman on a relentless mission to bring you simple and tangible actions and advice to help you step up your life and business. Get ready for unfiltered and unscripted conversations with some of the brightest and realest people I know in mental and emotional health, marketing, and business to help you get out of your head and get moving. And now it's time for another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. So this is a little bit of a rare occasion. I believe I've only had one other therapist on the show. And every time I interview you know, therapists, I don't actually feel like it's an interview. It's just like, yes, I get you. You get me. We're on the same wavelength. So I'm so excited to have Amanda White. Um, you can go ahead and follow her on our Instagram at therapy for women. We're just two badass therapists having a conversation about all the bullshit that we see on Instagram about toxic <laughs> positivity and seeing where else this conversation takes us. Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely, Wasabi. Thank you so much for having me. I love being able to chat with therapists. Also, we can just have a different level of conversation when we have that understanding. <laughs> yes. And I got to say, I, I mean, the first, like the very first thing that drew me to you when I was on your profile, obviously I've been following you for a little bit, but I love how you're just so human. And I think a lot of times mm -hmm. we have this pressure put upon ourselves, like I'm the therapist. I need to help this person. My shit can't stink. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? My shit stinks so bad, right? It, it's, yeah. it's exactly why we can help other people because we understand. And I love that even on your bio, how it said relatable, um, retired party girl turned relatable therapist. And I was like, oh, that's great because I, I feel like when someone is seeking therapy, wanting help for themselves, it can feel very daunting and intimidating when they see somebody and they're like, oh, she seems to be perfect. She's not going to get me. She's not going to understand totally. me. So I would just love to hear from you, uh, your journey, how you went from yeah. retired party girl to relatable therapist. Oh God, I'm so sorry. My phone is no, somehow a, through my computer. No, it's all good. 
All good. It, it, um, so yes, with Masavi podcast for a reason. <laughs> there was a human moment. There you go. <laughs> I'm technology challenged. Um, so yeah, so I totally agree with everything you said. And really for me, I mean, I struggled with an addiction and an eating disorder for most of my life growing up. And I really couldn't make much progress in therapy until I found a therapist mm-hmm. who understood me and disclosed that she was in recovery. And that made such a big difference to me mm-hmm. because I honestly lied to every other therapist mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. I was very intimidated and that kind of became, you know, she helped me so much. And I kind of promised myself if I made it to the other side, if I was able to find recovery, that if I became a therapist, I would disclose that. And that was kind of the brand of therapy that I wanted to pursue. It's, it's not for everyone, but I think it's been a really cool thing to see in this shift, just like the past, you know, five, 10 years or so where I think people are really looking for more of a relatable, approachable type of therapy versus, you know, uh, a blank slate, someone who just sits and nods, they're looking for that relationship. I mean, that's what makes therapy special. Well, I'm thinking about, you know, when I was in my master's in social work, I remember having to go through this exercise where we had to hold mirrors up and like, we weren't really allowed to show any emotion. And I'm like, how could you expect, how could how could you expect me to not have a reaction to what someone is saying? And I don't mean like like a reaction of disdain, but I'm gonna I feel right. what you're feeling. How do you want me to not yeah. show that? Right? Because having been in therapy since I was 12 years old, yeah. I yeah. remember looking at my therapist and I love her, Virginia Cummins, love her, you know, I was with her for 26 years. Yeah. Um, I was just like, no, 16 years. I just used to think like, does she get what I'm saying? Does she really understand? Yes. You know? Yes, completely. And I think yeah. even more so, I think with teens or with younger folks, I think that's even more important to feel related and connected to the person. Because I used to have therapists when I was in high school that I saw and I didn't feel gotten. I didn't feel like she really understood what I was going through. I struggled with so much shame. Mm -hmm. And there's something so powerful about when you can say, you know, maybe you haven't been through the same experience, but you have, you have lived experience and you can understand what it might be like. So you're not judging. I mean, I think it's such a, such a thing people worry about therapists judging. And I'm just like, that's the opposite (laughs) of what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I would say a red flag if you feel like you need to lie to your therapist. I recently switched therapists. It was the first time I'd gone to a male therapist. I was just like, mm. you know what? I've always been with an older yeah. white female for some reason. I've always gravitated towards older white women as my therapist. Maybe yeah. severe mommy issues, you know, always just <laughs> wanted someone to nurture me. But I was like, let me try an older male. And I noticed myself like literally this is two months ago. I noticed myself not telling him everything. Yeah. And that for me was like, Okay, we I could either have a breakthrough with this guy right. or I could get the fuck out and just go find somebody else cuz I was just like I don't, don't want to heal myself through this therapist that I'm lying to. I'm like I think I just I know myself enough to know who I feel comfortable with and who I can truly be open with. Um, yeah. And sometimes it is like you said it's not even personal, you yeah. know, it's not even about them, right? It's yeah. just about 
you have this or you're that, or they remind you of someone or they don't remind you of someone. I mean, I tend to gravitate in terms of like clients. Yeah, I do much better work with younger women clients mm-hmm. than older women clients because I think I trigger them. They, yeah. they see their daughter and I see yeah. my mom. And, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, no, that's... So it's not always personal. We just, like you said, it's just you knowing yourself and you can switch therapists. It's okay. <laughs> Well, I love how you have made therapy so accessible for people, right? Because people can book with you in person in Philly, but also telehealth all over. Yeah, right? yep. we have licensed therapists across the country, which is pretty cool. That is amazing. So you're making it accessible for a lot of people who, and, and you know, you've done such a good job of educating people on your Instagram, like, and and really simplifying things from boundaries to the toxic positivity mm-hmm. to recovery. And it's just you're helping people really look within and maybe even ask themselves like, hmm, would it be beneficial for me to mm-hmm. talk to someone? Um, I'm curious to know, you know, these days, obviously without disclosing, what are some of the main topics that are people coming to you with? Like, what is everyone, I mean, I feel like collectively we're all going through shit, obviously, yeah. but what are some of the kind of topics that are coming to you right now? Are being yeah, presented? I think that's yeah. a great question. I mean, I think a lot of people are trying to navigate One thing that I've been seeing that's interesting is I think we're in this odd spot in the pandemic, right? This Mm -hmm. is April or almost April 2021. And it's some people are vaccinated. Some people aren't. We're we're starting to figure it out. It's starting to open up, but there's no direction anymore about like what we should do, you know? Before we knew, you know, some people say, like, stay at home, wear a mask. And I, yeah. I've been struggling with a lot, like a lot of my clients have been like, I don't know what to like, should I stay? Should I go out? Should I push myself through this anxiety? Is this, is is this not okay? And I think there is going to be this, I think we're in this interesting spot where I think a lot of the mental health issues are going to start to, to hit when the world opens up and there are people that are still struggling or haven't processed the grief. And one thing I've been thinking a lot about is how and you know this, right? Like closure can make a really big difference for mm-hmm. humans. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's going to be a day where we just go out in the streets and celebrate and say the pandemic's over. And how are we going to navigate this end without closure is going to be, a, is something I've been talking to my clients about. It's very funny. So my parents are visiting here from Philly and yeah. I, I took them and uh, I live in Austin, Texas, and okay. we were walking on the boardwalk. They both have like these matching masks, which is so cute. And they yeah. both got vaccinated. And I'm like, you don't have to wear your mask if you don't want to. And my dad's like, it must be nice to live in a Republican state, you know? <laughs> I mean, even though- <laughs> it is a big deal in Philly. I'll tell you, we were voted like yeah. most likely to wear masks, I yeah. think, out of any city. <laughs> yeah, I mean- and my parents are not conservative at all, but my dad was yeah. like, I was like, no, you could totally. But like, I, it, it's funny because like they're coming from Philly and they're like, yeah. we need to still wear a mask. I'm like, but you're vaccinated. And it's like, right. no one knows what to do. There is yeah. no, there is no, like, it just felt like it happened. It happened so quickly. It's like any sort of loss, right? Any sort of loss, uh, any sort of traumatic event. And now it's just like, what is the right thing to do, right? Because now what I'm also seeing, and I don't know if you're noticing this too, there's a lot of virtue signaling also. There's a lot yeah. of like, well, you're not vaccinated. Oh, but I am. But And there's a yeah. lot of that. And so yeah. it must be really hard for people to deal with that right now. Let's take a quick break. 
Having been in therapy since the age of 12, I know firsthand just how powerful the process of finding the right therapist is. Going to therapy and talking things out with my therapist has made me happier, clearer, and most importantly, I have a plan for my mental health. I have tools to be able to communicate with others and also the tools to cope when life gets hard, which it does. So let me ask you a question. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, Therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with the therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with the therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing out about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. I don't know where I would be without the help of therapy and my therapist, but I do know that life would feel that much harder. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this podcast. Yeah. And I think if you already are someone with anxiety and then on top of this, trying to navigate, like you said, I think there's this, I think there's going to be this weird guilt that starts to really come up of, you know, like, how do I, how do I know these people are vaccinated? Am I vaccinated? And what are we worried about what people are thinking about us? And we had a very clear direction of what we were supposed to do. And, um, I don't think that there's going to be as clear of a prescription of what we should, what we should do now. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. I like, I actually get um, nervous and I start to laugh because I'm like, yeah. I have no idea because it's like, before it was like, stay at home, stay at home. And now it's right. just, I feel, I feel really bad for people who um, don't have that closure and I don't think yeah. they're going to get it. That's the yeah. thing. Like, I just don't Absolutely. think that um, one. So one thing that I would love to talk about with you because yeah. you do such a good job of this is how you posted this on your Instagram, like therapist versus an influencer, like on yeah. different takes of positivity and being positive. And I'm just so happy that you are bringing voice to this, like that it's okay to have a shit day. Mm -hmm. Like it's normal to have a shit day and it's okay. And that, you know, and that doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever. So I, I just, I would love to hear from you just kind of how you work with your clients on this and your, your take on this, you know, because there's a, there's a lot of bullshit out there that can make yeah. people feel like they're slacking and lacking mm -hmm. in life. If they're not always happy, I am not oh. happy all the time. I'm like miserable, no. maybe 30% of the time. <laughs> and then like, you know, I'm just like, I, I'm like low key depressed most of the time. Like that, my, my temperament is mm -hmm. low key depressed. Most of the time I am yeah. highly functional highly yeah. anxious. And I just make it through another day. That's it. Yeah. And I have moments of joy. So I would love to hear yeah. your thoughts on this. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's very funny because I did yoga teacher training, I don't know, five years ago, maybe. And I remember really specifically, it was, it was such a silly, I mean, it was a great experience at the time, but looking back, you know, it was a very toxic, positive yoga Mm -hmm. teacher training that was very like, if you just connect and you find your joy and you find, you know, your purpose every, you know, you'll walk the, you know, happy destiny. And, um, there was one quote that we used to always talk about, which was like, your natural state is joy. I think it's like a Dwayne or a Wayne Dyer, Dwayne Dyer. but it's one quote that I always come back to and kind of try to debunk of, I, I remember hearing that quote and being like, oh my God, yes. Like I was a child. I was meant to just be this joy. Yes. It's like when you think about it now, like kids are really pissed off a lot of the time. Like they all, yeah, maybe they're a lot more joyful than a lot of us, but they're also like really miserable and unhappy probably more than us too. Like kids cry way more than anybody else. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I think they're uninhibited more than some of us are and they're freer in being able to experience their emotions, but I don't necessarily think they're more happy. And I think that there is this narrative in our society that your baseline should be happy. And I just don't think that's true. I think it's really important to understand that, yeah, some of us have different baselines of we may skew more anxious, we may skew more depressed, we may skew, you know, whatever way, but there's not, you're human. You're meant to feel different emotions throughout your life. And there isn't something wrong with you. And it doesn't mean you even need to like change your career or change jobs or get out of relationship or move or do anything if you're not always happy. And I think if we can take that pressure off of ourselves, ironically, I think we would be a lot better off. hundred percent. If we took the pressure off to be happy all the time, we'd probably experience a little bit of that childlike right. joy. More happiness, more moment. joy, maybe. <laughs> I once dated a guy and this is why we didn't work out. And he was like, you know, anytime you experience pain, just focus on something else, put your energy towards making yourself happy. And then yeah. you don't have to deal with that. And I was just like, wait, So like, I was just like playing devil's advocate. I obviously know the answer. I'm like, so what happens to that pain that you just don't, don't focus on? Where does it go? And he's like, well, he's like, he's like, it just goes away. I'm like, no, that often manifests for me, like lower back pain. If I don't deal with my pain, I usually have chronic back pain. I know where it goes. Like it just, it was just very interesting how most people are raised with like, think happy thoughts, be happy. Don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. It's like, oh my God, this is like, it sounds like an addict mind. Right. And like, and like, that's, that's even when I was going through my addiction with cocaine, I was just like, it's only like three days a week. It's not that big of a deal. I'm still making six figures. Oh, it's only five days a week. No big deal. Like, you know, just like constantly convincing ourselves. But yeah. So do you find a lot of your clients that come to you are wired to feel this way, feeling like I should be happy all the time. And then, you know, through their work with you, you're like, "Mm, no, let's, let's not get it twisted. You're not meant to be happy all the time. Yes. I do find that that happens a lot for sure. I think just, especially, I think it's gotten worse, honestly, with social media. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that there is just with influencers, with celebrities being so accessible on social media. I think that it is just, you know, we only see a snapshot of someone's day. We Mm -hmm. see someone smiling for a picture we see, and it's not like they're, I mean, you know, it's not even like they're necessarily lying. It's just that you see at maximum 30 stories or something of their day. And you're not seeing the whole, you know, the whole picture of how they felt when they woke up in the morning and how they felt when they went to sleep and the fight that they picked with their 
significant other and, you know, that their kids threw a tantrum or whatever. And we just, I think, can get it really twisted when we don't see the full context of someone's life. Because it's like seeing just a snapshot or a quote from someone that's totally out of context from their whole life. And here you are coming in being like, everything you see is bullshit. You are meant to be sad just a little bit. Like it's No, I love it because we like, it is so validating, even as a therapist, me going through your feed today. And I was just, I was like, oh, this is so comforting. Like, it's just so, so just thank you again for putting out such relevant, honest, like it, it's not the most joyful. I'll be honest with you right now. Like your your content doesn't spark joy for me. It doesn't. It it gives me even something even better than joy, which is validation. Mm. It gives me validation. Like I am not crazy. There yeah. is nothing wrong with me. If I want to, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going batshit crazy because my mom and dad are staying with me yeah. and I'm being like triggered. Like that right. is and it doesn't mean, right. Like you don't love your parents or you're not happy yeah. to be with them. You can right? like many things can be true at the same time. And I think yes. that's so important for us all to remember. So everyone go to Amanda's page, Therapy for Women. If you're not trying to be happy, but you're trying to get like a heavy <laughs> dose of reality, that is what's important is like truth, reality, validation. That's a compliment, by the way. That's totally a compliment. That's like, we need- I'm taking it as that. We need that. I'm so no. sick of like the, you know, and it just, it's just false. Everything just feels very false and manufactured. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey there, this is Vasavi and my membership community, Real Rich, is the official sponsor of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Have you been looking for a community of people who get you, who think like you, and who are determined to becoming the person they were born to be? I'm talking no fluff, direct, real, and a raw community of people who are open-minded and willing to be honest with themselves and be the ultimate creators of their own life then I'm inviting you to join my subscription-based membership community, Real Rich, a community of women who are on a mission to get paid simply by showing up as their truest selves in business and in life. If you're looking for a community of women who you can turn to, seek insight from, and give back to, then try out the Real Rich community because it is time to be you and get paid. Learn more by heading over to vasavikumar.com forward slash membership. Here's to you being real rich. Okay, so you recently, um, and I'm going to pull this up right now. Actually, you shared something on your feed that I shared um, about self-sabotage, that sometimes we self-sabotage not because we are betraying ourselves. We self-sabotage because the fear of change overrides the pain of staying the same. Say more about that. Where was your head at when you were writing that? Like, what were you thinking about? Yeah. When you created. So I struggled a ton with self-sabotage. So I write about it quite a bit just because I feel very connected to it. And it was something that I used to beat myself up a lot about in my addiction of, I felt like I was constantly self-sabotaging. And I do see sometimes on Instagram, people talking about like, oh, these are signs you're, you're betraying yourself and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, or even, and I talk about self-sabotage, but these are signs. There's so many, you know, Instagram posts that are like signs of this. And then I see often one thing that I see with my clients is they come in and they're like, oh my God, I saw the signs. Like, (laughs) do I have this type of attachment or do I have trauma or do I have this? And it's, it's hard because while I write posts with signs too. I think the most important thing that we have to remember is things can be taken out of context and everyone's different. And I I hope to write posts that allow people to 
to encourage them to look inward and check in with themselves versus just like check these boxes. If yes, you know, you're self-sabotaging, but back to your original question, my head is just, I struggled with self-sabotage for a while. I couldn't stop engaging in my addiction and my eating disorder. And it wasn't because I even necessarily like hated myself or I was doing these things on purpose. I think self-sabotage gets this rap that you're doing this on purpose. Stupid. Yeah. But most of us, when we're doing something, we don't want to be doing it, but it can be comforting to know the outcome that we're going to get, even if it's a really crappy outcome, you know, like drinking, like having sex with someone that maybe you don't want to actually have sex with, like Mm -hmm. showing up late to work, whatever. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing it on purpose, but it means that you know what's going to happen with that outcome. And one thing I used to do was almost create chaos inadvertently Mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to deal with my feelings or my emotions or anxiety or whatever I was going through. So I would love to share why I used to self-sabotage and yeah. who I still absolutely sometimes, yeah. but I, I'm much, I'm, I'm much more keenly aware of it and it doesn't have that much power over me. So I would love to hear if you relate to this. Yeah. I, um, I, so it's two things. I think I've always had this like deep knowing that like, if I truly allowed myself to be consistent and I I've been consistent obviously with my sobriety. So that's like one thing that I'm truly proud of, but I always knew like, there was always this fear, like, wow, Voss, if you actually gave yourself a fighting fair chance and followed through, you'd be fucking amazing. And if you were fucking amazing, then you'd realize that like people that you're holding on to, maybe former exes, like you'd be like, fuck off, I don't need you. But then you'd be all alone because it would just be you, but you're so amazing. So like, I don't know if that makes sense. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, like, I, I truly believe every single one of us knows very deep down that we have something. We, 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 we are meant for more. I do believe that yeah. some is masked more than others. Right. But for me, I always self-sabotage because it's like, what if I actually do succeed? What if I actually do win? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be relatable to people anymore. Yes. So, my, so my thing was like, I'm not going to be relatable to people. And if I'm not relatable, then I won't have that connection. And then I'm going to end up being alone. My thing was, oh, and guess what? I'm single as fuck with my golden retriever. I'm already alone. So I don't know why I'm so nervous anyway. Like, fuck it. I'm already alone. Who cares? Like, might as well win at life, you know? But that was, that was kind of my thought process. Fear of being alone. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to that a lot. I definitely self-sabotage a lot with relationships. And I also had a lot of self-sabotage with, um, if I let myself, show up and be consistent and allowed myself to be, you know, who I was, like Mm -hmm. there would be so much more expected of me. And it was very scary of just like, there's a lot more, there will be a lot more responsibility. I won't be able to just screw off and, you know, make a mistake. And how do I, how do I deal with, and I've obviously like you have worked through this, a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff, but yeah, I think it can be scary because when you do allow yourself to grow and really you know, blossom. There's more people that watching you <laughs> that you, are watching. <laughs> you know what? Um, it's funny. And it was very liberating for me today. Actually, this morning I went to go play tennis and I got all my stories and I was just, you know, sharing into my stories, how, how triggered I am by my mom. And I'm yeah. like, I am 
so triggered by her. And, and I said all my stories, I, I mean, I'm whispering because she's downstairs. Like, this is my car situation. I'm like whispering into my microphone. But like, I, I, I shared this on my stories. And as soon as I shared it, I felt very vulnerable. But I was like, yeah. no, it's okay. That's the truth. I said, I go, I'm so triggered by her. But now I'm at a place where I'm more curious about why I get so triggered by her. Like, mm. it's not about her anymore. Like, I don't really, I'm not that triggerable. I'm not like, I'm, I've, yeah. I've really worked hard to be like, stable and not be so triggered. And as soon as I shared it on my stories and I'm like, oh, I wonder if people think that because I have a few letters after my name or I've been doing this for 10 years, I should not ever be triggered by my mother. And I was like, fuck that. Like that's the most dumbest expectation for me to place upon myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I appreciate you acknowledging that as well. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a very normal thing. I think a lot of people are scared of, you know, that's what, what they say of it's like fear of success can be just as scary as fear of failure because it takes us into an unknown place. It's so easy to get stuck in the same pattern of knowing when I go back to the guy, this is what'll happen or the girl, I know it'll, you know, I know what will happen. We'll figure it out. Probably more drama will happen, but you know how to navigate it mm-hmm. where it's a lot scarier. I think sometimes to be like, no, and walk away and actually learn, like you said, like how to be alone or how to be in a healthy relationship or something like that. Cause we haven't done it before. What are, what are some of your, um, top coping skills and tips for people, for my audience listening right now, yeah. many of them are in relationships, but I also know many of them have a hard time getting out of these unhealthy relationships because, you know, like you said, it's a lot more familiar, mm-hmm. even though painful to be with someone than to be alone and be in the unknown. I, I know for me, being alone was it's it, it's my it's my greatest success for me to be able to be alone and be sober and not yeah. hurt myself like that for me is it's it's something that I've worked very hard and diligently towards. So what's what have you found with your clients that has worked that have worked for them coping skill wise, um, and just for the woman or the man listening right now who's going through a breakup and yeah. knows that they need to be alone mm-hmm. and. You know, there's only so much, you know, bubble baths and face masks that they can take. What have you found actually works? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing is just like, I wish everyone could be compassionate to themselves and Mm -hmm. kind to themselves and not in like a cheesy way, Mm -hmm. but I wish someone would have told me, or I would have believed them that I don't care whether you're being nice to yourself because you think you deserve it. Be nice to yourself. Yeah. So that you stop beating, because it's way harder to change if you're being really mean to yourself. Yeah. Like there's only so much pain we can take in beating ourselves up before we will rebel against that in some capacity. So be kind to yourself. I don't care why. I don't care if you think you deserve it. I don't care if you want to do it as a way to change because it's going to be as a strategy. It's, it's an, yeah, it's an actual strategy. I love how you infuse the logic in it because I think a lot of times, and I've, I've seen this with like men that I've dated. They're like, well, I don't want to just be like easy with myself. And it's like, yeah. no, com- you're being compassionate does not mean that you are resigning. It, yes. it just means don't be a fucking asshole to yourself because exactly. like, like think about that harsh 
coach or think about that immigrant mother that you had or think about that person that was harsh like you're natural i mean maybe you submitted a little bit but ultimately everything you did was a fuck you to them right it's like you were yeah so great i love that compassion yeah and to your point too you can be really compassionate to yourself and hold yourself accountable those two things can exist at the same time you can it's not letting yourself off the hook Mm -hmm. you can say like i know why i'm doing this and i wish i would stop and this isn't okay Okay, I can't keep doing this mm-hmm. um, and come up with a plan and not be a, a, you know, not be a jerk to yourself in coming up with the plan. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that. Um, I think the other thing is, I think when it comes to a breakup specifically, I think if you can try to remember, I think about this a lot and you'll relate to this with being in recovery. It's like, sometimes you need to detox. Well, yes. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, If you can remember that every time you go back to that person, you are resetting your Mm -hmm. detox again, trying to remember that can be helpful. I read a study a couple of years ago that helped me so much that was like, your brain doesn't know the difference between you seeing your ex on Instagram or Facebook or a picture of them and like seeing them in real life. Wow. And every time you are stalking their Instagram page or their Facebook or something or rereading text messages between you guys, you are like resetting it and making it so much harder for you. So trying to take it like one day at a time, one hour at a time. I think distraction is a super underutilized coping skill. Like you can distract yourself if you're struggling to make it through the next hour or whatever. And trying to set a goal of how much you don't talk to this person. And, you know, you can build from there. I love that you said that about distraction, because I think once again, there's conflicting views. It's like, be present, don't multitask, don't be busy to be busy. It's like, you know what, you may need to rearrange your underwear drawer a few times. If that's going to help you not go back to that thing. Like when I, I went to rehab the first time I was sober seven months, then I relapsed. I went back to rehab in uh, March of 2019. And when I came out and I did um, intensive outpatient from my house and and also, partial hospitalization from my house. I wanted to be in my house and do it. So I felt like more in control, but I remember like, so I I wasn't in my practice. I wasn't in my business. And I'm like, what do I do all day? Like, what do I do all day? Cause I felt useless because I wasn't making money. So, and I wasn't working. So like, I literally redecorated my whole house. I redecorated my whole house. I decluttered, I got rid of, and I just, every day was about picking an area of the house and just reviving it. Yeah. And, um, I love also what you said about the detox. Um, And I have a client and maybe she's listening right now, but you know, we've talked about this. It's like the detox, then you have the craving and you go back to that person. Then you're in it. You're like overdosing hardcore. And then you're like withdrawal. And it's the same thing. It's it's the same thing. And so I would love to hear your thoughts. I I obviously know, I'm going to assume you don't push sobriety on any of your um, clients, but What are your thoughts on if you're going through a breakup and trying to refrain from drinking or using mind altering substances? I mean, yeah, I think it's, I think it's obviously a totally, it depends on whether you have a history of substance abuse or an unhealthy relationship with alcohol or substances to begin with. I'm kind of a believer in one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, if, if you are just trying to, if the most, you got to find, I used to say that we used to say this when I worked at a drug and alcohol rehab, it's like, you got to work on what's going to kill you first. That's great. 
And for some of us, right, it's, it's the drinking. And for some of us, maybe it's really the relationship is really what's causing the most harm in our life. So focus on that first. Obviously, I'm not recommending that anyone overdose on drugs or alcohol yeah. or do anything to harm themselves while they're getting through this. But I think we can sometimes put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything at mm -hmm. once. And I am a really big believer in start really, really small, start with a small goal, build confidence, because often we set these really big goals to try to make ourselves feel better, that we're going to have this huge change. And then the goal is so overwhelming that we can't meet it. And then we beat ourselves up and then we feel shame. And then we're right back where we started, where we feel so much shame. We need to set this huge goal again to get out. And the cycle just keeps repeating. And if we would have just picked one you know, I'm not going to talk to this person for one day and then two days and yeah. then three days, we'd be way better off than setting this month goal and, you know, falling off of it all the time. I'm so happy that you said that. And I I've openly shared this on the podcast. So like I am what two months or as of right now, yeah, two months, I haven't smoked a cigarette. I started smoking yeah. when I was 12 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm from New York. I think we just, uh, uh, us East coasters, we just start everything like a little younger. Yeah. <laughs> slightly grittier than the rest. But um, I like, I remember talking to my counselor in rehab, Carl, and I was like, I need to stop smoking. I need to like start exercising. And he's like, listen, he's like, let's just like have you not drink and use cocaine for right now. And then, so like, I, re I just recently, like two months ago, stopped yeah. smoking because I was ready. Like I started playing tennis. Yeah. I got the Peloton. I got, I was open to using the patch. I had yeah. never been open to using the patch. I thought it meant I was weak and I fully, mm -hmm. I just, like, how did I stay sober? Oh, I surrendered. I admitted that I cannot do this shit alone. So yeah. I, um, I got on the phone with the American, uh, 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 the lung association, like the, yeah, just like, and they have a tobacco cessation and they were like, okay, we'll send you free patches. And I just said, okay. And that yeah. was it. Like, I just, I was ready for it, but I'm yeah. just so happy you said that because we said, we, we make these like lofty goals and mm -hmm. it's hard for Keep up. Our brain's trying to keep up with all of this new stuff, new changes, and yeah. inevitably we sabotage something. Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. And you just, you, ha I mean, yeah, I think it happens whether you are dealing with an addiction, whether it's just trying to change a bunch of things in our life. I think we can get so overwhelmed with trying to change everything. And my whole belief is it's like one thing, one thing at a time. You can always add later as, you know, as you're ready, but don't do too much at once. Because then what happens is we're like, fuck all of it, right? Because exactly. that's what happens. Exactly. And, and then we're like, see, I'm not good at anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then we prove to ourselves that we're right and we gather more evidence. And I think one thing that isn't talked about is like the negative impact on your self-worth mm -hmm. when you continue to break your word to yourself, when you continue to set these goals and these promises and not follow through, it makes you not trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And then your word has way less meaning to you. So set, like, be conservative in your goals so that you can like, you know, it's kind of like under promise over deliver with yourself to yourself. To yeah. yourself. Yeah. 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 So, um, Amanda, I, I want like everyone listening to like book a session with you and all of your therapists, <laughs> because I think, no, you know, no, I, I have to say this because it, it's refreshing to know. And I know that there are so many therapists out there, but like, you're someone that I would want to go to as a therapist, right? Like, oh, she gets me. She's yeah. like, it just feels easy. It doesn't, I mean, like, yes, therapy is heavy because it, yeah. it, it's heavy stuff. It's stuff that maybe you've never looked at before in your life. And, um, 
yeah, it's very eye-opening and can and can feel very heavy. But you have such a beautiful way of just um, like even in this conversation, I'm like, oh, this is such a light conversation about such heavy stuff. Heavy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes I do. You are spark- sparking joy. So how can people go ahead and um, get started with you and your pool of therapists that you have in your practice? Yeah. So you can visit us at therapyforwomencenter.com. We have, we have all the states that we have licensed therapists listed on our website. We don't have all 50, but we have a bunch in the East coast and California and Texas and Illinois. Um, so yeah, the best place is visit us online. Beautiful. And is there anything left in your heart, um, that hasn't been said yet? Is there anything else you want to, you want to get off your chest? Hmm. It's a good question. I think just like sometimes, you know, I just think that I just want everyone to be kinder to themselves. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but just in the way that we talked about of just Mm -hmm. like, stop beating yourself up, be a little kinder to yourself and it will actually lead to better results in your life. I wasted so much time just being a total jerk to myself. And it's something I think we can get so stuck in. And um, even if you just dip your toe in not beating yourself up as much today, maybe think of one thing that you could do today to not be mean to yourself. One thing to do, be kind. Okay. So, so now I have to say something because I love okay. this. I'm like, I'm so bad at endings. Anyone listening to my podcast knows like I have a hard time saying goodbye. It's my abandonment yeah. issues. I'm like, wait, do we really have to go now? I will say this. And I want to piggyback off that because I, I just have to say this. So first of all, my voicemail says, be kind to yourself. Like that, that's oh, on my voicemail. Like do like be kind to yourself. But here's a beautiful thing that happens. We get so, we're so focused on how other people treat us like shit, right? And we're like, they don't value me, blah, blah, blah. When you start to, like you said, dip your toe in the, in the river of kindness for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't tolerate that bullshit from you, you best believe you are not going to tolerate it from other people. Like it, and it'll be more obvious to you. Yes. <laughs> like when you stop condemning your body, when you stop mm-hmm. making fun of yourself, berating yourself, like saying these kind of like, you know, just comments that just cut you at the knee, just like self-deprecating remarks. When you stop doing that, either if, if you're by yourself or with other people, when other people do it, you're going to notice it and you're not going to be okay with it. Totally. We need to have like a part two, which is like a speaking up for ourselves when we're in that situation. That's something I love uh, doing with my clients is having them role play. We use Voxer. Which I know is a, people hate it, but it's so important. It's so good. Yes, it really. I mean, you, I think the role playing is really helpful because obviously we get to practice with someone that we're safe with, but also we get to hear ourselves. We're so not used to speaking up for ourselves. You know, so I want to say thank you. I do have to, I just have to say, okay, Amanda, we're done. Okay. But thank you so much for coming on today. Um, and everyone listening, please go ahead and follow Amanda over at therapy for women. Check her out at therapy for book an appointment. If, if yeah. it resonated with you and check out our content and until next time, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the being human with Vasavi podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. If you got some golden nuggets from today's episode, which I have no doubt you did, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a heartfelt review. Want to take my free quiz on how well do you really know yourself? Head on over to vasavikumar.com forward slash take the quiz. And remember, when you know yourself, you can be, do, and create anything you want. If you love today's episode, then say it out loud. Subscribe, leave a review, and come say hi over on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Until next time, say it out loud.